Ready Check Radio. What's up, Internet? It's Thursday, 7 p.m. Eastern. That means here on Ready Check Radio, it's time for the Relic Grind, our Final Fantasy XIV Square Enix podcast. It's nice to be back. I'm your host, Mike Byrne, a.k.a. Magic Man. We're doing the show live, twitch.tv slash readycheckradio. If you're watching on YouTube, listening on Audible, Spotify, any of the podcast platforms, we appreciate it. Make sure you give it a like, a thumbs up, subscribe, turn on the notifications, all the stuff you have to do to feed the stupid algorithms. But most importantly, if you like what we do here, hang out and chat with us. Tell a friend. Head on over to readycheckradio.com. All the old episodes and all the socials linked right there so you'll know our entire schedule for this show, Gaming Gumbo, and all of our streams. It's good to be back, gents. Had the Final Fantasy trading card game competitive season interfere with a couple of shows. Starting a new job, a new real-life job. You know, got to make sure, okay, is it still possible to do these podcasts? And do we have Mm. to change times? Like, you know how all that stuff works. Looks like we're going to be good to go for Thursday evening still. That shouldn't be a problem. Uh, So, yeah, it's good to be back. Joining me to go over all the fun stuff and catch up a little bit, Mr. Chris Montoya, a.k.a. Tarkoth. What's up, sir? Uh, greetings programs uh yeah i'm I'm actually uh looking for a job myself so hopefully things uh stay the status quo here on right radio uh but i the question i have for you mike is have you gotten your taoist moogle i have not he's there I have and not. he's available to you is he really because i logged in yeah, and did the rising back. stuff i think yesterday or the mm-hmm. day before, and I just like really quickly because it was in Ulda, right? So like I just really quickly hit out the hit out the Moogle there, and just like kind of buzzed through, and I didn't see it. Like I, I wasn't like expressly Very bottom, looking for like, it. Three tombstones. So oh, fantastic! Do, yeah, do just, something yeah, and you got them. Just like <laughs> fall into an activity and get it. MMO bomb yeah. still fine. Yeah, that's still fine. Wouldn't have taken the new job if it if that wasn't fine. This is you know, something that doesn't pay. So, uh, yeah, I'll have to get it then. Uh, thank you for pointing it out because I kind of just like glanced. Yeah. Also on the line, Mr. Paul Berlin, aka the Flinster. What's up, Flynn? Hey, I'm speaking to you from the future. First of September here. Happy first day of the new <laughs> yeah, month. You're, you're but, in month nine. We're in month eight. Exactly. Talking, talking through a Rick and Morty po- uh, portal. Damn straight. Uh, man, I reckon tonight we're going to hear, feel, and think some nice things. Yeah, so I mean, I'm gonna kind of gonna let uh, some B-roll just go while we do this because there's literally a, an hour of B-roll loaded uh, just for this the this segment here. So I'm gonna let it roll this through broke me, man. <laughs> what we're talking about here on the Final Fantasy 14 front. Obviously, the Rising event has come back. Uh, this one, um, we'll we'll talk about the the quests themselves in in a few minutes. I gotta say, like normally, as far as events go, you know, I kind of just like skip cutscene, skip cutscene, get achievement, get minion, get mount, move on. This one, I wanted to like at least start reading it uh, from the beginning just to see, like, you know, how different it was gonna be, 10th anniversary, all that stuff. 
Um, we'll get your impressions on the the quests themselves in just a second because we do have the rising. We have the Moogle treasure trove is back. I got to go get my Taoist uh, Moogle. I've only been waiting for that one for like a year and a half to or not two years now to cycle back yeah. through, and it has it's mm -hmm. been over two years. So uh, we've got that. And then we have the 10th anniversary itself. I am rolling, and we'll talk about this in a few minutes, the fireworks display that was uh, in Japan. Um, and I'll tell you what, man, it was... Amazing. It was oh, so jealous, right? Like, yeah. just <laughs> so jealous uh, of this show. It was absolutely amazing uh, outside or at the Osaka... Hanazono uh, Rugby Stadium uh, last week or like five days ago, whatever. Uh, and it, it was like they had the light show, they had the music going, then they incorporated the fireworks. So jealous, Tark, that there was nothing like this in other parts of the world. But you could come in during Moonfire Fair, get to the top of the tower, and you take a lot of pictures of uh, you know the fireworks. Yeah, you finally and... made it. Like you hadn't yeah, you hadn't I made did. it in previous years. No, I hadn't. Uh, those skinny jumps, man. The geometry and the momentum physics in this game are just awful. Oh, I know. There was a controller. <laughs> As you know yourself, oh, there's so much yeah. worse. Tark would know. Yeah. Tark oh, would know. God. Like, I did, the, I did the jumping to puzzle in 15 um, and completed that. And that was pretty awesome. So then I come back to this game and this, this jumping yeah. tower. And I'm like, yeah, this is this is bad. <laughs> yeah, I love jump, jumping puzzles in in all MMOs and like Guild Wars Two and some of their vistas and challenges and and I love the way they're done there. Guild Wars Two, the the control just does it really well. Final Fantasy Fourteen has never done well because of the hitboxes and some of the old architecture and uh, in the back end there, but. Ugh, some of them were so aggravating. Kugane, I remember when Kugane Tower came out. I have a video on my mm. personal YouTube that people still comment on. Oh, thank God, this was a great guide. You know, like, hey, thumbs up, man. It's only been what six years, seven years. Um, the, I just remember like you're hitting your head on shit, and you can't yeah. make a jump, but you're not hitting your head visibly on anything. Like it's so infuriating <laughs> sometimes. So infuriating. Yeah. The the skinny posts are like this, but yeah. the hitbox is like yeah, yeah. Well, I said that in what in my video. I'm like, okay, this next jump here, uh, you're not gonna aim for the pole, the vertical pole. You're gonna aim for just past the far end of the actual stick you're trying to land on. Trust me, you'll be fine. <laughs> like, just aim for the empty space right at the edge and, of the, the, the The hilarious part is like your logical brain says, but there's nothing there. Right, Why right, right. And then you land and your character stays and you're like, this shouldn't work. <laughs> this shouldn't be a thing. This is work. so bad. So I remember you... very early game in the Realm Reborn uh, queuing up for Copper Bell Mine. Yeah. And you got those two fences just outside. And just first person jumping and landing, went out to first person, realized I'm that far off the fence. I'm like, yeah, the hitboxes are screwed. <laughs> yeah, the hitboxes are a bit of a mess. So what'd you guys think of the rising? It's nice um, that we had a continuation hmm. quest from last year's rising. Like the rising is the one I pay attention to every time it comes around. At Moonfire Fair, Das gets skipped now. But rising, because it's, you know, the developers thought was try and pay attention. 
yeah, it was so so. It was nice that we had a continuation, but it's the Louis Swa quest line that got me this time around. Yeah, yeah, that uh, tugs at the heartstrings. I will say this. I like the rising event simply because of it's like there's always a nod. And, and you can tell it's like a heartfelt nod of appreciation to the players. Right. Yeah. Directly. And this one did that really, really well. The Did it really, really well. From a narrative beat, I kind of agree with Takal and chat that five year anniversary was probably better. Uh, just from a narrative standpoint, but from like a thank you players, I really, really like this year's Rising Tark. Uh, I haven't done it because there's no minion, so I have not felt the urgency <laughs> to do it. Um, there's a the mount. one thing I will say, <laughs> there's a mount though about the mount regarding the mount, um, and you don't ride the mount, you become the mount, baby. You become the mount, which is cool. It is cool. I'm glad we law wise got it correct for that one. Yeah, the, the, the issue I have is like it's so meta, everyone wants to use it. I went into PvP and I swear there was 23 phoenixes and I was the only one. <laughs> See, you gotta go do on your a, rising on a lunar event. Mount. You gotta go do your rising event. I always I like, mount is... I always mount roulette, so it's just <sighs> like I never I don't I don't even have any favorited on mounts. I just mount roulette. Boop, boop, boop. I have some favorited ones, but do you really? yeah. I don't. I don't have any. What's your favorite mount? Like the, the like number six, one. I got six on my favorited. Um well not favorited, like Star, Specifically yeah, hockey? Yeah. No, though, like, put, no, put no, on no. my hot bar. No, you, you can queue Those up my favorites, in and your, I, like, Mount Roulette. I know, I know. Okay, okay. I know. And I don't use that function. If I'm going to favorite it, I'm going to put it on my hot bar, and then I will just choose from my favorites. Fair enough. Um, so, so you can only have one, and the rest have to go away. Who are you keeping? Oh, well, I guess it would have to be the Lunar Whale. I'm just such a four fanboy. It's just, like, it's got to be that. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. Mine's vastly different. What is it? Uh, does this give it away? No. No? Trapped <laughs> in a TV. <laughs> oh, okay. The key okay. from... Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Wonka. As soon as I started, yeah. I'm trapped in a TV. Pecker. Yeah, I'm down for this Willy Wonka. <laughs> Honorable mention goes to the uh, Nearpod mount. I love that one. I'm quite partial to Twintanya. The, the Twintanya, Twintanya yeah, mount. Yeah is just not only is it just a cool looking mount but like there are there are like emotional ties with raiding back in that time right doing binding coil and Twisters. stuff like when it was coming out and stuff and who i was doing it with and all that stuff so it's it's a the it's a tech reapers update for me yeah yeah that looks pretty badass too yeah it still feels weird going to praetorium and not hearing hey it's maggie did you see, did you guys, well, obviously, Tark, you did, because you let me know about the Moogle. I'm, like, actually looking at the list here. There's some minions. Um, I think I have all the ones they're offering. Yeah, I mean, I have all it's of them. It's a monster me that I have all of them except the Taoist Moogle. Yeah, I didn't even notice it. Jesus. Um, so all the rewards, like... <sighs> so many rewards. There's, so many a, ton, there's a ton of rewards. A lot of old stuff back in the Moogle tombstones. So like the Moogle mm -hmm. that I need to pick up, the Moogle minion. But I, I honestly expected more unique 10th anniversary stuff than we got. Just kind of like the way they were talking about it uh, sure. in the in the pre-launch stuff for the Moogle tombstones um, and unique you know, 10th anniversary stuff. 
there's like what four, six, something, something like that, and they're mostly decorations. Uh, you got the portrait stuff. Yeah, the frame, kit. the framers kit stuff. Some furniture. Three items. Is it three? I thought it was four. Yeah, Magitech, uh Prism from Job Mastery, the 10th anniversary framers kit, and the Faka Parasol. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Parasol. Because yeah. luckily that list you've got as the original method to obtain is on there. So it was able just to search. Yeah. I don't know. The I, only thing you'll... Yeah, I kind of expected can, more. <laughs> the only thing you can accentuate, like, in content about the 10th anniversary is the framers kit. Everything else is outside. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah, it's just it's just weird. I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on outside of game. There's like yeah. a lot of stuff going on. And, and like they, they have the Mosaic Art sweepstakes running for that stuff. It's not 10th anniversary, but they have the Fall Guys, excuse me, collaboration. Um, that's already started in the Fall Guys side. It'll come to our side in 6-5. They they got mm-hmm. they've got uh, the optional items, uh, the new optional items in the the cash shop, and then they've been running like the black chocobo, fat black chocobo mount stuff on Twitter and things like that. And uh, it they have they have a and then the fireworks show that we're showing here. We're gonna talk about some other things that they're doing outside of game in a minute. It just seems like for such a, a like a momentous occasion for an MMO, right? Very few MMOs, A, make it to 10 years, and B, make it to 10 years with the player base size Final Fantasy XIV has. Like, you're talking about a list yeah. of what? Ain't coming three, three MMOs that meet that criteria, have that type of player base, and have made it 10 years? What, World of Warcraft, Final Fantasy XIV, RuneScape, right? Like, even Eleven never got this big. It was the biggest in its day. Uh, Final Fantasy wise for a long time and the most one of the most profitable it, it was the most profitable for a long time but I just I don't know is it wrong to feel like maybe they should be doing more in game Tark yes absolutely should be doing more in game just this one seasonal event I mean maybe if they were doing something different every month event wise hmm as as make it a year long celebration, that would be really cool. Uh, but this is going to be gone in what? A few more days? No, this is running till patch. Yeah, till six five. Rising is? Oh uh, no, no, the Moogle uh, Tombstone. The Moogle. Will. Yeah, the Tombstone Moogle Tombstone oh. will. But the Rising itself, yeah, I mean that's that's going to end on uh, the. Oh yeah, it is running till six five. Even the Rising. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Google Tombstones okay. definitely is because that's kind of like one yeah. of our yeah, yeah, time yeah, yeah. indicators, the, right? But the yeah. rising is too, August twenty seventh. Special ones. <laughs> yeah, August twenty seventh is when it started until the launch of six point five. That's crazy. So beginning yeah, so of October, tenth of October. Yeah, beginning yeah. of October. I mean, they could do additional quests. Layer it on. I don't, I don't think know. Going to. I don't. I don't either. But there's well, no indication that, of that like on the rising the, special site. The Louis Swab event, that is a permanent addition. So we might get extra stuff here and there now. Do you think? Hmm. There's a chance. Like they said during the 6.5 series, they wanted to add some stuff for the 10th anniversary. So I might be misremembering, but there's a chance for us to get some extra bonus events that we don't know about. 
Might just still be smaller things like this, but it might be a thing here and there. Did you do the Louis Swat stuff, um, Tark? Or have you not done any? I, I haven't done. I, I haven't done any of that. Okay. I've been working on my Moogle tombstones though, because I need eight hundred and fifty to get everything I want, and I'm on like eighty-eight of them. So I got a ways to go. Uh, one of the buddies of my free company. Last time I checked in with them, which was yesterday, it was at five hundred Moogle tombs. <laughs> yeah, Takal brings up a good point too. Like fourteen really doesn't do surprise content, right? Like, well, now Louis yeah. Quest kind of came out of nowhere. They no, announced yeah, they, it was they it was fully it. announced ahead of time. Like there was a a whole blog post, like three or four days ahead of it, that showed off the Phoenix mount, the, that showed off the Koopo Koopo uh, mini game thing, right? Like the, quest. the bouncing ball yeah. thing. Did I any of you guys mess with that? Yeah, yeah. Played it. Did uh, die to it a couple of times in the stage pre. Yeah, I mean, so that was all shown off, and the Louis Watt stuff was shown off ahead of time, before the rising even started. You know, so the like, Takao's right. They, they I meant really in general, like brood life letters and stuff. When they said, "All right, we got a rising coming up, we got to make it rain coming up," and they show us the previews. Yeah, but you only have the tenth anniversary for so long. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, it's if yeah. we, it's still hard to not feel like fourteen is kind of slowing things down to a degree that may end up not being the best for it long term uh i mean w the sales numbers kind of bear that out too right like we talked on the last time we did a show about square enix's financials and particularly the mmo side was down like 24 percent or 22 percent almost a quarter of its its revenue for that that period now well, that's a short-term three-month blip we'll have to see what the picture looks like over a longer period of time but there's definitely a drop they're not used to But I wish I lived in Japan for that fireworks show. Yeah, that would have been awesome. So very cool. What's up, newest girl? What's up, gamers? But yeah, Mike, have you done the Louis Swar Quest? Yeah. yeah. It's really nice that they want to show some 1.0 events. Yeah. No, it definitely is. I appreciated it. I mean, Twintania, I just said, is my favorite mount. And that's yeah. right in that, that whole segment. Um, I like some of the things they did. I just feel like it was like i mean you did go above what the rising usually is i can't fault yeah. you for that but this 10 this yeah. happens once yeah once like if we took the rising away from the 10th anniversary just the quest content from last year to this year it was nice to see uh that it's mirroring us back yeah. in 2.0 in a way yeah because we saw off oh, with I the love guy those last year. I love like, those. I want to be an adventure. From an appreciating the player yeah. perspective, they nailed it. I I very much enjoyed what they did. I just feel but they like, needed and I'm not even do more. I'm not even disappointed in what they did. You know, it's not like I expected a ton. I just feel like there was an opportunity that they missed. Tark, if that makes sense. Like I'm not mad at them. I can kind of look at them and go, ah, I kind of wish you did more. But I feel like if I'm Square Enix, like you missed an opportunity here. 
And yeah, you're taking yeah. full advantage of it outside of the game, right? We got the fireworks yeah, display that I'm showing you, and and you got all the the different the mosaic stuff and the contests and the Twitter stuff. Like they're they're taking full advantage of it outside of the game, but where is the corresponding stuff inside the game? Like that's why we're all here. <laughs> because yeah. <laughs> we're playing yeah. the damn game check this um, out and, and, this and beautiful this, this beautiful ass Famitsu cover yeah it's gorgeous I'm gonna have to order a copy that's like, a gorgeous cover can we have that on like a game informer or something and they can get that that would be no, awesome no don't put it on game informer leave it on Famitsu and I'll order one <laughs> don't put it on game informer I'm just saying so it's available more locally anyways not that I get my so paper what, edition anymore. The fourteenth of September that comes out. Yeah, that's a gorgeous cover. Absolutely. There's a small chance that uh, Ashu does my podcast for me. He's out in Japan doing this, so we could try and bug him for free copies to send us. Do you want some whiskey? Oh, he shouted at me earlier over that one. Fourteen oh, doing God, a collaboration nice. again in Japan. Uh, with a number of whiskeys celebrating the 10th anniversary store, calling it a decade's journey uh, with Isetan, Isetan uh, collaboration, making some whiskey. Isetan uh, Mitsukoshi online store, uh, about 60 bucks per bottle. About 60 bucks per bottle. But Japan. Yeah. You got yeah, an Ulda, Gradania, and a Limsa Liminsa bottle. Like, I've even a few drunk Japanese oh, whiskey. What's that? Uh, Gradania, I'd pick. Then a few drunk Japanese whiskey. I would buy the Limsa. Yeah. I'm a Limsa baby. That's where my version 1.0 birth certificate's from. <laughs> 1.0, I was Limsa. 2.0, I was uh, Gradania, because of Lanta. Oh. Because that was one of the funny things about Porto. It's like, you can start wherever you want. Well, I can't do my class quests. <laughs> <laughs> newest I have girl. to wander across the universe. Newest girl chat. I've been sober for like four years now, but I kind of want these just to put on a shelf. Right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. And the Japanese do some really nice whiskey. <laughs> Last year, she was like, I'd want to keep it on a shelf later. Yeah, I'm I've a 12-year-old Jameson kind of guy. That's my 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 drink of choice there. If I'm gonna go with hard stuff. Uh, if I had money, be Santori Hibiki all day long. That's gone from like forty bucks a bottle to hundred and forty because they've run out of stock. <laughs> hey, check this out. World of Warcraft uh, launched its hardcore servers. Right? You die, yeah. you're dead. You die, yeah, you're dead. Uh, why am I bringing it up here? Because this video is amazing. Watch that. Oh, Rashfant, the Night Elf Druid, has been slain at level 23. That's some cold shit right there. That's some cold stuff causing that message to pop up. Yeah, I'm so glad they had to bring Brian's meme as well. <laughs> a comp, my boy. So sad. So sad. So sad. Even when we try to get away. Blood elf, but, you know, it's fine. Even when we try to get away, we can't get away. It's such a great clip. Yeah. <laughs> the pain is real. The pain is real. Uh let's talk about some other Square Enix stuff. We have their uh PAX West lineup now. Uh Tark, I'm sure you'll be thrilled mm -hmm. to know that Foam Stars is on the lineup. 
I know you're <sighs> extremely happy to hear that. So that, that, uh, I'm fine with that. It's it's the the a little bit of a focus on power wash simulator. Yeah. Yeah. Why? Well, you're bringing the foam. You're bringing the senses. You're bringing the foam. You got to bring the water to wash it off. That's that's how it goes. Uh, PAX West Square Enix will be uh, on Friday on September 1st at the Blue Jay Theater. And then on Saturday, it's September 2nd in the main theater. Uh, that one's going to be led by Michael Christopher Koji Fox. Uh, the voices behind Final Fantasy 16 characters, Clive Rossfield, Joshua Rossfield, uh, Dion Lesage, and Benedicta Harmon. They're all going to come and talk about Final Fantasy 16. They say that, hey, that panel will contain spoilers and you'll get a commemorative Clive pin for uh, attending. The Friday one at the Blue Jay Theater is going to go over a lot of Power Watch Simulator stuff. <laughs> Dark's shaking his head. Uh, and stuff that's going to be coming out from there. We're also going to see the lineup of games at the show includes Foam Stars, Final Fantasy VII Ever Crisis uh, for iOS and Android, which we'll talk more about in a second, Star Ocean, the second story uh, R remake, uh, and Infinity Strash, Dragon Quest, The Adventure of Die, and then... Yeah, a little more power wash simulator stuff. Some looty, uh, some little goody two shoes stuff. What's that? The little goody two shoes. Yeah, I said just no said because it has to go red in this name. Yeah, power wash simulator doesn't either. Doesn't either. It's both of them are in black ink, not red ink. Foam stars is actually uh, surprising a lot of press. Now I haven't gotten my hands on it yet through uh, MMO bomb, so I'm not talking about firsthand experience here yet. Uh, but press, some press, very select, about a month ago, got their hands on it and uh, at a closed event. And they were like, most of them came away saying, you know what? This is kind of stupid fun. Um, if you like Splatoon, this is very much in that vein. But the foam adds a layer of verticality to it uh, and being able to stack it and stuff like that. So... Who knows? Maybe Foam Stars will be the breakout hit when it, when it comes out, much to Tark's chagrin. And then you can use I, Power I'm Wash Simulator to hose stars. it all down. You can use no, you're fine with Foam Stars after yeah, seeing Sokol and Koji Fox least... playing the foam. <laughs> foam Stars is at least a game. <laughs> you, initially, you were the only one of the three of us that were like, "I'd play this with my kids." Yeah, I'd play it with my kids. I'm not gonna play it by myself. Just like, yeah, you hey, are. you know what? I'm gonna watch. I'm gonna go. I bet you do. <laughs> I bet you do. Street, I bet you play it one weekend <laughs> with your kids, and then like they're gone on a Tuesday night, and you're like, and then you all right, I gotta grind. Yeah, you just see your stream go up on a Tuesday night, and you're like, all right, I gotta grind out some of this. The title be just to shut Mike and Flynn up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Newest girl, the Fortnite effect, which, by the way, uh, totally a real thing. Uh, Damina, my wife, had spent. Last week, you know, a couple nights was her, my, our daughter was saying, Hey, will you play Fortnite with me? She's like, Okay, fine. And now, like, she bought the season pass for herself and she has been playing <laughs> Fortnite by herself uh, while my daughter's at school. My daughter's actually really, really good at Fortnite. Um, so build, <laughs> build mode. She, like, she just crushes it. And um, yeah, so now my wife's been playing it by herself. Which has led to like the most vile s screams from the living room, 
makes LOL. sailors blush. Like I'm down here working, and all of a sudden I'll hear "Son of a back." Do you judge for yourself? Oh, she's I shot you, son of a bitch. It's bad sometimes. It's Where bad. did Evil Dead get in the house? I just, what I don't understand is they're, t- they're labeling this as can't miss games. Yeah. And like, out of this, maybe Star Ocean remake is can't miss. Everything else, I'm like, meh. Well, and I think Star Ocean or, 2 remake uh, is only can't miss for like probably our generation, right? Yeah. Like, of course, it's, some it's younger people niche. are going to buy it because it's a new Square Enix game. But like the ones who are looking at that going, oh, I can't wait. That's niche and older. I agree. But uh, looks so good, though. Ever Crisis, <laughs> right? Like that's got what? One point. It passed 1.5 million pre-registrations. Yes. Yeah. Just coming up to 1.7. That's the history of Square and mobile titles. Stuff. Screams buyer beware so you liked it i liked it i had fun with it but the the power levels and and getting to the next thing where you unlock more power that are so strict and so tough to get through i think happy called it a tranche um those power level tranches are just they're so tight um you got to squeeze every little part out um, to unlock the next system that gives you more power to again do the whole treadmill again. Um, I hope they loosen up on that. Um, but overall, the the aesthetic outside of combat is exactly exactly what I wanted from a Final Fantasy VII like true remake. Just update the 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 little character models so they're not blocks. The chibi style suits it perfect. The graphics inside combat, awesome, love it. Um, and all the mechanics inside Cobbett. Love it. Uh, it's just that power dynamic uh, for the game and, and its progression is just way too tight. Flynn, did well, you do beta do or anything? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, you go ahead, Mike. No, I was, I was going to throw it to you because I didn't touch beta. Oh, fair yeah, I didn't get a chance to beta, but uh, didn't he actually release the results of the survey they did for the beta as well, breaking down like, yeah. this is what players said, this is what we're going to do. This, and they broke down into the categories that we don't normally see from these kind of surveys and they just say, yeah, you said graphics, blah, blah, blah. And, but this actually broke down to the saying, right, the systems didn't seem big, right? right? We all adjust how your access to power is. And, but it is also the point of debate. There was a truncated version of what the full game experience is. So there yeah. are those sort of weird aspects. But I think this, as a mobile game, may last because it's people like us who have played so much of the seven series that having the entire catalog of stories in one place it'll keep us there whether we put money at it or not is another question but it's, it's such it's a truncated something we can story, though and go back through like the digital service before crisis all the last stuff in one place Target, i just think it's yeah. such a i think it's just such a truncated story that you're not really getting the 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 true breadth of what final fantasy 7 is um, it's gonna be nice to get some tidbits. Um, it's nice that we're getting uh, new stuff fleshed out, like the uh, first soldier story, completely brand new. I'm gonna expand on the early days of Sephiroth and such. But um, for those that that are wanting some Final Fantasy VII remake, like you're gonna get bits and pieces of it. You know, you get the important 
plot bits. You're like, oh, I remember this. That was cool. Um, but you're not getting the breadth of the story. That's what it's there for, though, really. Because we got Seven Remake happening. We can buy still buy OG Seven because it's re-released on a million one devices. I still think people want a Seven Remake, a true Seven Remake, not the uh, sequel series that we're getting. So they want a remaster, remaster, remake, however you want to put it. You know, just enhance those visuals. I, so clean things up while the I'm kind of is. like rooting for Ever Crisis, I couldn't care less. Like I'm not going to play it as much as yeah. I love Square Enix and Final Fantasy and Final Fantasy seven and the lore. And I like my time to game is so limited to begin with. Right. Like I got kids, I got a job, you know, like whatever mm-hmm. that. I just maybe maybe I'm old, right? But like I just cannot. I I pff, if I have time to game, I'm I don't want to do it on my phone. Like I just I just, I just, I just don't want to do it on my phone. Um, I've actually played more mobile games that also have a PC port than I've ever played of a mobile game on my mm. phone, right? So I don't know. Speaking of seven, though, pre-orders for uh, Seven Rebirth are now up in a couple different places, Best Buy, Target, Amazon. Obviously, awesome. we don't have a release date yet. It's expected early next year. Um, so kind of like the the sites that like Amazon that do always have a date in there, it's December 31st of 2024. It's like not a real date or anything. It's just, you know, it'll be out sometime in 2024. But you can pre-order physical editions of Rebirth. But not already. in the UK at the minute. Not in the UK, no. No, not in the UK. Not yet. But speaking of the UK at the minute, Final Fantasy 16 is on offer over here with 23% off. Woohoo. Yeah. That's exactly like the percentage Square Enix lost last quarter in their MMO space. Hello. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, quite a few sales actually going on on some Square Enix stuff all, all over the board. So check out, I know Amazon's running some game deals right now. Square Enix is in there. There's a, what was it? Guardians of the Galaxy uh, is on a pretty big discount uh, from Amazon. You know, that comp- that game that failed to meet expectations, but did really well, uh, but also failed to meet expectations. Critically acclaimed. Yeah. That, Great that game. Yeah, expectations, yes. The stock price continues to fall overall, gang. I mean, we talked about it a while ago. Um it had yeah. a high of what, like twenty, almost twenty six fifty back in June, um, and now it's it's down to eighteen ninety three, eighteen ninety. Yeah, it's dropped down four yeah, ninety points in the last half year. Yeah, eighteen dollars and ninety three cents. Uh, that's down. That's down a lot. <laughs> that's down yeah. quite a there, bit. And this is all from the those financials, right? It just dove. Well, when they released those financials about sixteen uh, and well, so uh, the well, looking at the like year to date stuff, right? June, mid June, towards late June, they were at like twenty six fifty per share. And then it fell down to about twenty two and kind of stayed there until the beginning of this month when the financials mm-hmm. were released, and then it just cratered down to where it is now, like eighteen and a half to nineteen. Obviously, like we said in the the review show, I don't think Square Enix is going anywhere as far as closing up shop anytime soon, right? It's weathered storms before, 
looking at its five year, it has certainly it's been lower than where it's at. Like think back 2019, it was 12 bucks. It was 12 bucks a share at one point uh, in 2019. So it's weathered storms before. What I think might make this a little different is that the market seems to be in a very acquisition-y mood, Tark. <laughs> and an $18 mm-hmm. per share price, I think, is a little attractive to some people who might want to scoop them up. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're seeing your lowest since middle of 2020. Um, so, yeah, that's a, a nice little price point to maybe... Say, hey, we'll give everyone, you know, $22 a share if we can, you know, scoop you up. Um, I think Square's looking to hold out as long as possible, but uh, if enough pressure's put on them. Do you um, think they are? Because I kind of get the feeling higher ups are looking for a buyer. Like quietly, maybe not publicly. I feel like they want to be acquired, or at least there's a taste for entertaining offers. You think maybe that's what the CEO changes about? Is like previous CEO didn't want to do an acquisition. And this one's more. I don't know if I go that. that far. I think they were in a position where they really had to change CEOs. Like I, I think. I mean, the biggest get, part of that I think I was that. they had to change CEOs. They had to. Uh, they they were under a lot of pressure for poor poor performing product after poor performing product. And you need to make some type of high-level leadership change when that happens. You just have to, even if it's simply for the visual optics, right? The optics of the situation. Um, sure. There were also other reasons that they should have made that change and probably should have made it earlier. But I feel like, you know, it is a publicly traded company. Yep. They don't have to be sold or sell themselves. But you do have stockholders that you have to look out for too uh so you can't stave off a really enticing offer by just saying you know we told them no it just it doesn't work that way when you're publicly traded doesn't mean you you end up having to sell yeah there is a fiduciary responsibility that goes on with with stockholders too it'll be interesting we've been saying for a couple years that you know hey sony wants to buy them there's offers out for them Maybe those rumors start coming back and more pressure is put on them. I don't know. We'll right, but then you have how it is, Phil Spencer year. showing up at uh, the fan I fest know, right? and then yeah. talking about future relationships. So it's like, well, wait a minute. Like looking really Sony, uncomfortable, putting their hands into. <laughs> if Sony was going to make a move to try to acquire Square Enix, I'm sure there were some things said on that stage that wouldn't even have been hinted at. Mm. Right, you know, I don't, I don't think Microsoft. Yeah, if Microsoft buys them, you'll cry. <sighs> I, Microsoft obviously has a shit ton of money; they can just do whatever the hell they want. But I think yeah. they, I think they're going to be extremely careful while this Activision stuff finishes. Yeah, they have said publicly that they need that deal to be profitable the day they sign it. Like that's how much is going into that. They're overpaying for it to begin with, but. I, I I don't think that's gonna happen anytime soon. But it's interesting to think about. Yeah. Like if anything was to buy Square, I would like it to be sort of the bungee effect where 
whoever buys them allows them to still operate independently, so we don't get the... Uh, even though, before. as silly as it sounds before. with the way Square Enix does their games, don't get stuck into the exclusivity block. No, you. I think if you buy Square Enix, you have to take it exclusive. At least the marquee titles, right? Like right now, today, we have the Starfield uh, early access starting, basically, as this show finishes. Um, and obviously, we're seeing like the game is fear, uh, Sony and fans and Xbox fans and all that stuff fighting. But like, I think if you have to buy or if you're going to buy Square Enix, I think you are absolutely making a buy to make those titles exclusive. I, the, otherwise, there's no reason to sell yourself, right? If you're Square Enix and Sony says, we'll offer you this to buy you, and you think, hey, being bought and making just these games for Sony isn't going to be as profitable for us and our shareholders as if we stay independent and we sell our products to both Sony and Microsoft consumers, then there is no reason for you to be acquired, right? You make more money selling products across the two product channels. And not counting PC as a third product channel and stuff like that. But if you aren't gonna if you're gonna buy them, why would you share? Yeah. And and again, by the way, this assumes that any potential buyer would be Sony, Nintendo, Microsoft. Right? Yeah. Obviously they could be acquired by a different company, in which case yeah, you're not going to get an exclusive. You know, Sega's not going to buy them because they can't. But yeah. Sega's not going to buy them and then say, "Hey, all your titles no, are exclusive to Sony." We're we're talking about a sale to one of the big three. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, to I the monopoly to, guys. <laughs> I, I expect them to sell the rest of their IPs to Embracer for just uh, possibly five hundred million. So you know, it's they make good decisions over at Square Enix. Microsoft, Microsoft, just after. <laughs> Microsoft just had to run this analysis, right? Like, it, behind the yeah. scenes, they had to go, if we're going to buy Activision Blizzard, is it more profitable to make it exclusive, or is it more profitable for us to sell on, on multiple platforms? They looked at Call of Duty and said, we'd be stupid to make that, you know, uh, unique uh, and exclusive to Xbox. We would just take a, we'd take a monetary bloodbath. There's no reason to do that. Now, these other titles, let's think about that going forward. But they have looked at it and said, yeah. yeah, there's certain games that just yeah. doesn't make financial sense to do that. But I think if you're one of the big three looking to pick up Square Enix, it's absolutely an exclusivity play. I don't see any other way around that. Yeah, the difference with Bungie was that uh, it, it was all about the tech and the live service yeah. systems, right? Yeah, yeah that was um, the so, what, what they publicly said was the, the main reason yeah. for the buy. Yeah, they, so they left them to be independent, but they got their services on their tech uh, and their expertise in live service so yeah and I, I well, think it's definitely square you would guess it's an expertise uh, for animation tech and whatnot hey before we uh finish up with love it or leave it i always like bringing lists when we have a little bit of a, a space in the show to talk about to get your opinions on that so i'm going to bring you a list by day young over at keengamer.com just put up uh three days ago the 10 best Square Enix games overall ranked. Now, there is a little caveat here, little caveat to the list, which makes sense. It makes the list a little more interesting. You can be extremely popular. You can be obscure. Doesn't matter. You just have to be an outstanding game with outstanding quality, story, combat systems, all that stuff. However, 
The little caveat is that only one game per franchise is allowed. Otherwise, you just end up with like the top 10 Final Fantasies ranked, right? With maybe a, yeah. a chrono title in there somewhere. <laughs> um, so that was the list. Top 10 Square Enix games ranked one game per franchise. Did you did you guys peek? I, I didn't put a... Oh, I, I did, yes. and I made my own list because this list is just wrong. <laughs> well, what's I weird... I did bash my head at one point on this <laughs> list. What's really weird is there's a table of contents on this list, and it's... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and the table of contents says item one, number ten, the title. Item two, number nine, the title, and they're all hyperlinked. So it's like, wait, wait, is that number one? Yeah, it's. Oh no, no, that's number ten on their list. Yeah. It's just the first listed in the table. It was really goofy. Take the one, two, three, four, five out of there. Just whatever. They could have done okay. A, A, number 10. So, chat, we're going to talk about, yeah. like, number 10, 9, and, and 8, because there's some honorable mentions in here, too, uh, real quick. But I want you to take a moment in chat and let us know which Final Fantasy made the list. Because, obviously, a Final Fantasy title is going to make the list, but only one can. So, which Final Fantasy title makes the list? You don't have to tell me where. Just tell me which one is on the list of best Square Enix games ever ranked. Number 10 was from 2013 on the PlayStation 3. Drakengard 3. The number 10 <sighs> best Square Enix game ever made. One per franchise. Number 10, the author puts Drakengard 3, Tark. So I forgot I Dragon Guard his... was a thing. Oh, I didn't. I didn't. I never forgot. My, my issue is that my issue is I put Dragon Guard and Near together as one franchise because it's a continuing story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they're very different games. Um, one's a Muso, one's you know more just action RPG. Um, so I get where they're coming from on that, but even that, I still put stuff ahead of it. It might be an honorable mention for me, but. It doesn't crack my top ten. Like Dragon Guard Free definitely. And I'm doesn't. being facetious about not remembering Dragon Guard. It is good. Dragon Guard Three is great. It is but, good. And when you think back to the PlayStation <clears throat> Three, that was a like kind of a dark age for some shit. Uh, yeah. along I those lines. If I remember, wasn't this a digital only release as well? Dragon Guard Free. A what only release? Digital. No, I have a physical copy right over here. Might just be EU because I remember seeing this. Like this is Dragon Guard Free, and it was only online in the UK. I could be completely bloody wrong about. It. I think you're. I think you're wrong. I think you're wrong. Yeah. Uh, number nine, <laughs> Chrono Cross, with obvious honorable mention to Chrono Trigger. Look, this this inflamed me. I, <laughs> I love Chrono Cross. It is oh, easily one of my favorite games ever. I love the oh. art. I love the music. I love the combat system. I wish they would do that combat system again. Like, there is so much to love about Chrono Cross. How you put it above Chrono Trigger, I have no yeah. idea. I have no, no idea. Just... Nope. Made me mad. It's made me mad. It was digital it was like, only no. for UK? Yeah. I need it. <laughs> uh, well, we got a physical box. Ha ha. 
Ah. How dare you? <laughs> uh, Chrono Trigger, I fucking love. I mean, I have the box art poster hanging on my wall right in front of me. Like, Chrono Trigger, amazing. Like, I, I'm going to be the biggest proponent of Chrono Cross making any list it possibly can. And even I have to look at that and go, how, how did... How did Trigger get the honorable mention? I, God, that just blows my mind. <clears throat> I'm going to read you what I'm going to read you what they said. said no, most people you're wrong. think because I, most people think of Chrono Trigger when the Chrono series is mentioned. Chrono Trigger is a fantastic must-play game about time travel, but it's actually the 1999 PS1 sequel that is taking a spot on this list. Chrono Cross is a game that takes place in two parallel dimensions. This concept was seen in a few older Square Enix games like Final Fantasy V and Dragon Quest VI, but Chrono Cross has a story that feels more complex than what either of those offer. It's full of time-devouring lore, body-switching, and many other concepts that keep players itching for more. Not only that, but it has a massive roster of 45 playable characters. Very few older RPGs have a roster of this magnitude. Square Enix truly put maximum effort into this game after the success of its predecessor. Many Chrono Trigger fans overlook Chrono Cross despite it being an incredible conclusion to the Chrono Multiverse. The best way to play the game is the Radical Dreamers Edition remake on the PS4 and the Nintendo Switch. On Chrono Trigger, for the honorable mention, they say uh, Chrono Trigger is an era-defining game that has wor was worked on by many incredible Squaresoft and, and Enix devs who worked on Final Fantasy, Dragon Quest, and other legendary games prior. A team full of the best of the best would result in a game brimming with quality of life details, an entertaining story and gameplay that was above the standard quality at the time of its release. Features like having monsters in the overworld, a new game plus, a, ter a term Chrono Trigger created, feature, uh, and were more were uncommon at the time. There's no doubt Chrono Trigger is an incredible game that most fans of older RPGs should play. The reason its sequel takes the spot instead is merely due to more engaging plot twists, a more definitive finale, and for feeling a little more unique. While it is true that Chrono Cross is not the first game to take place in two parallel dimensions, neither is Chrono Trigger, the first time travel-themed RPG made by Squaresoft. That game in question will appear later in this list. You can find Chrono Trigger on Steam, as well as some older systems like the Super Nintendo and the Nintendo DS. Oh, it makes me mad. Like, how do you start with it on Chrono Trigger? It's an era-defining game. But then, like, nah, the sequel, which was not an era-defining game. It's a great game, like you said. Cross doesn't happen without Trigger being just epic in its own right. This is just... Huh. Yeah, and I don't the even give them shit for that, because better. then it's like you can't... Uh. Then it's like you have to put Final Fantasy One on the list if you kind of apply that logic, yeah. right? Yeah. You can't put seven because it wouldn't be there if there wasn't one. Uh, uh. Chrono Trigger defined RPG for the longest yes. time. Like yes. not not defined. It's a Square Enix RPG. Like it defined RPG for a while. There are still things. New Game Plus is a thing today, still, because yeah. of Chrono Trigger. Like, I don't get it. I don't get it. And I'm the biggest Cross fan in the world. Eight Neo, the world ends with you, with giving an honorable mention to the original. The world ends with you. I think that's fair, Flynn. Like, I wouldn't have put it above eight, and I would give the 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 sequel the nod on this one. Uh, but maybe you disagree. 
It's not a game I've actually played. Oh, you didn't you didn't play Neo? No, no. At the time, uh, I didn't. Uh, was it DS that it came out on? Uh, the Neo, the, the, the original. Oh yeah, yeah, the, the original. original. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I, I didn't have a DS at times. So I just yeah. It's it, now it's uh, it's available. Neo is on PS4 and Nintendo Switch, but the the original yeah, yeah was on the DS. Yeah, it just was a series I got into it. Like it looked cool. It looked interesting. It just oh, they're fantastic. They're so. I've listened to the soundtrack a few times because friends recommended it. Newest girl's right. The fact that Neo even came out is an absolute miracle. Yeah, I I remember talking about it on the show when it was announced. We were like, "Oh shit, they're gonna!" Yeah, wow. And I did the. I played the demo, and it was it was awesome. Yeah, so good. Absolutely opposite of Bell and uh, Wonderworld. Yeah, it is on my list because it's still on Game Pass. Yeah, you gotta play it. PlayStation Plus. PlayStation yeah, Plus, yeah, it's, it it's PS4 yeah. and Switch. Final Fantasy makes the list at number seven. The entry that does it, nobody in chat got it. Newest girl, you did mention it, but you mentioned it as your favorite, not the one you thought would actually be on the list. It's Final Fantasy X. Oh. Due to its, primarily because of its unique combat system kind of conditional turn base you know, I, I get what the author was trying to say there so yeah uh, uh tark you absolutely don't agree i'm sure with this one Mm-mm. you don't want 10 here and you don't want final fantasy at number seven overall anyway uh it's place and the contents is just wrong um yeah name me six square enix titles that are unequivocally better than final fantasy 10 and you can't duplicate franchises. I, I don't even know if I could if you just like said that on, to me on the street. <laughs> oh. And while I want to say my piece for the next uh, honorable mention because I was banging my bloody head reading it. Like it's 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 in my top five. I think it sits at like number three, Final Fantasy X, but it is not the number one. Like for this particular type of list, I had to get it to seven because it's just. Like Chrono Trigger, it was an era-defining game, not just RPG game. Um, it sold PlayStations. It was an incredible experience. Like you get yeah. out of Midgar, you're like ten plus hours done with Midgar, and you're like, oh, oh wow! Like th- it was mind blowing that you went out and seven. I. I... Well, I think six is a better Final Fantasy. Seven just set so many standards for Final Fantasy that I have to put them that as number one for the franchise See, for this type of list. I don't fight it too much because I'm one of those guys that's like I'd probably put ten on list. Yeah, so I'd I'd kind of be like I'm always whenever I see Final Fantasy lists, I'm like okay, uh, six, seven, or ten. Uh, that's going to be the one that makes this list. Like whatever list. Those are my top three. Yeah, and I'm I'm always kind of like, you know what? I don't even care which one makes the list. I like them all, and they're the three that I would argue for. Like if I had to have an argument with you about which one's the best, they would be the three that we're arguing about in in most. And it started the whole Sony Square relationship. Um, It was it was it. So I I don't fault them for having ten on this list over seven or over six or or whatever. Now if they would have put like Final Fantasy three up there, I would have been like, what the hell are you doing? So like I don't fault them for ten. I definitely fault them for its position on the list. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, because right above it, 
Number six is Live Alive. Live Alive's a mm. damn good game. Damn I, good game. I got Tark to play it, and he was addicted. Absolutely yep. loved it. Still on my Crank list. That out. <laughs> it's in my honorable mention. It's not though. better than Final Fantasy X. I'm sorry. Yeah. It is definitely a W. Definitely a W. Mm-hmm. Number five, and I'm sure Flynn's going to have some stuff to say here. Only for the honorable mention on this one. <laughs> Kingdom Hearts IP enters the list at this point in number five with the sequel, Kingdom Hearts 2, with an honorable mention to Kingdom Hearts 3. Three. No. <laughs> no. Which... Kingdom Hearts 3 mm. isn't even a game. <laughs> it is Kingdom Hearts 4 prequel. It's a muddled mess is what it is. It is 90% here's what you're going to see in Kingdom Hearts 4 and 10% here's what Kingdom Hearts 3 actually is. It's no. It's, I, it's, like I don't Hearts fault the two. pick. I don't fault the pick. If I got to pick the best yeah, Kingdom, Kingdom Hearts, two, it's Kingdom, Kingdom Hearts, Hearts 2. Hearts all day long. Kingdom yeah. Hearts 2 was absolutely yeah. phenomenal. Absolutely. They nailed that. They nailed that. And I think they nailed the position. I think it's number five for me. I'd say it's fair. I, I, I'd i say it's like number five or number six, but not above Final Fantasy. Like, I, I just... Half the characters in Kingdom Hearts 2 aren't there. Like, if, if you don't have Final Fantasy, like, going back to Tark's logic, which I said we were not allowed to do. <laughs> What's even worse is for the honorable mention for Kingdom Hearts 3, it just talks about. There is no mechanics. reason to give an honorable mention and say Kingdom Hearts 3 unless you're just trying to piss people off. Like, I can't even oh, think. Oh, it's that. <laughs> it's just. Like, you was, guys know I can swear like a trooper, and I'm. I'm restraining myself so much. <laughs> like, they even acknowledge that the story doesn't reach the quality, but it has better movement, keyblade mechanics, and more that make it more fun to play. I never finished Kingdom Hearts 3. I don't blame you. <laughs> I beat I the shit the out of, of Kingdom Hearts 1. I'm, I just the, like, I'm so done with this I game. beat the shit out of Kingdom Hearts 2. I got halfway through 3, and I was like, I'm done. What's even worse is 2.8 was vastly superior in every way. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, News Girl. The, I think the, I agree with you. The original Kingdom Hearts should be the honorable yes. mention. 100%. Yes. Number four, Dragon Quest Monsters Joker 3 Professional. Jesus. Okay. I mean, it's <clears throat> if you don't know, that's like Dragon Quest monster taming type game. I brought it up on this show for other reasons because I do enjoy this series. My co-hosts here have no experience with the series, so. Uh, I, but even enjoying the series, no way it's number four. There's no way. Number three, Dragon Quest proper, Dragon Quest four chapters of the Chosen. So apparently, spin-off IPs are separate IPs, because Dragon Quest Monsters shares the number four spot or takes the number four spot, but Dragon Quest four chapters of the Chosen takes the number three spot. With an honorable mention to Dragon Quest XI, Echoes of the Elusive, uh, Echoes of an Elusive Age. <sighs> Number two, Near Automata, mm-hmm. Near Def, Near Automata definitely needs to make the list. I don't disagree with it yep. there, but number two, mm, yeah, I Dragon Quest Four over eight and eleven. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know if you're not inside games with tactics. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, and if spinoffs like Tactics should absolutely be on this list, like, well, I mean, you put Dragon Quest Jokers on it. Like, now that I've said all of this, chat, can you even remotely think of what number one would be? We've hit Dragon be, Quest. With this We've hit Kingdom Hearts. We've hit Final Fantasy. We hit Dragon Quest Jokers. Uh, we hit uh, the Near series, and we kind of hit the Near series twice by adding mm -hmm. Drakengard in there. There has not been a Star Ocean on the list yet, but it is not Star Ocean. No Star Ocean makes this list. This list is wrong. <laughs> it's just so wrong. Star Ocean 2 is a damn good guess, but no Star Ocean makes this list. And you would, again, the author, you have to think about this, the author said, whatever this is at a number one is better than Kingdom Hearts 2, is better than Chrono Cross, which is better than Chrono Trigger, better than Final Fantasy X, better than Dragon Quest IV, which is better than 8 and 11, better than Drakengard 3, better than Nier Automata, which come, came in second, with Replicant being the honorable mention there. Number one is a damn good game. Do not get me wrong. It is a classic in every sense of the word. I think the wavelength, at least. Takao says it better not be the last remnant. It is not. Again on our wavelength of uh, what of a franchise is going to be. Xenogears. <clears throat> Amazing game. Uh, problems with its second disc. Uh, it, it's an incomplete game. How can an incomplete game... Be number one. How? I well, don't they get did it. Audible mention the Kingdom Hearts three. <laughs> <laughs> Being overly ambitious can often be the downfall of a project, but Xenogears shows that sometimes ambition can lead to something breathtaking. None of this is wrong, by the way. I totally <laughs> agree with Day Young on what I'm about to read you. Xenogears is by no means perfect, as the gameplay is merely on par with most other PS1 RPGs. But the story is nothing short of revolutionary. It's a story so complex and thought-provoking that even Square themselves thought it wouldn't make sense to be called a Final Fantasy or Chrono game. It was originally pitched as FF7 before it ultimately became its own project due to how deep the narrative dives. The amount of depth to the lore and plot twists in Xenogears solidifies it as the best game Square Enix has ever made. There is so much lore, in fact, that an actual lore book on the same scale, on same scale as The Legend of Zelda's Hyrule Historia was created. Having a lore book for a single game equal to that of an entire 20-game franchise should put Xenogears' depth into perspective. The music, animated cutscenes, and many other aspects help Xenogears place this high. The story follows an amnesiac who's skilled in both painting and martial arts, and as he finds the truth behind Mecha called Gears, traverses war-torn locations, and learns lore that flips his perception of the world upside down, it's a story worth elaborating on very little because every player should be able to experience what it has to offer as blindly as possible. Xenogears originally released in the PS1 and is unfortunately not available on anything newer than a PlayStation 3. Day Young, she... Uh, I, I don't disagree with anything... They wrote there about Xenogears, but it just unequivocally is not the best Square Enix game of all time. It just, it just isn't. No. Like the blurb about uh, this writer underneath is like, just years from the most Nintendo and Square Enix franchises, I'm so surprised Super Mario RPG wasn't on this list. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, the yeah, original could have been there. Be yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, the original Breath of Fire could be on this list yep. for crying out loud. Like yeah. it does seem like you look at oh her favorite series are this, this, and this, like well, she is ticked off that one on this, ticked off that one, ticked off that one. <laughs> it's a weird little nice. list. It's a weird I, I mean, little list. Yeah. It's like seeing Xeno uh gears getting mentioned because oh, the way that franchise has gone over yeah. the last And you know what? Years. I don't even disagree with it being on the top ten Square Enix games of all time. Personally, for me, Xenogears would probably make my top ten Square Enix games. It's just not one. Like it's it, it's yeah. probably bottom half. Yeah, and it's been, my... and the thing is, I don't disagree. The story is amazing in that game, but the gameplay yeah. itself is kind of mediocre, and was at the time. Can I give my top ten real quick? Yeah, go for it. Ten Secret or Mana. Nine, Xenogears. Eight, Star Ocean Second Story. Number seven, Tomb Raider. Like, how do we forget that that series came out and was just amazing? Uh, number six, Valkyrie Profile Leneth. Number five, Kingdom Hearts 2. Number four, Chrono Trigger. Number three, Dragon Quest Eleven. Number two, Nier Automata. Number one, Final Fantasy Seven. Okay, so I don't put Tomb Raider on a Square Enix list at all. Because it wasn't originally that new Tomb was so good. it wasn't originally Square. Tomb Raider originally like, uh, was Secret of was Heaven. Eidos and and Core Design. Uh, Core Design made I'm it. And about, was published I'm talking about I'm talking about the new Tomb Raider. The, yeah, the but they don't even own that now. <laughs> like <laughs> they did though. They did though. They and owned it, it for a minute and they published it. I don't know. I yeah. can't. Yeah. It didn't have the Square Enix stampers. In the that's, same way as yeah, these that's not a Square did. Enix title to me. I kind of well, love. You can't can, put Near Automata because that was Platinum Games and they just published it. So, go go back to your list after Tomb Raider. I kind of stopped listening. Oh my god! No, no, I'm serious. I was looking up because I was like, when did Square Enix actually take it? over? Yeah, what, from from Tomb Raider okay. up. Okay, this is number six, Val Valkyrie Profile Leneth. Uh, number five, Kingdom Hearts Two. Number four, Chrono Trigger. Number three, Dragon Quest XI. Number two, Nier Automata. Number one, Final Fantasy VII. Live Alive and Neo, <sighs> The World Ends With You, get honorable mentions. I still think you're kind of reaching on one or two. Not that I disagree with them being on the list, just like the placement, maybe. Oh, whatever, don't pull a muscle. The thing is, if I made my list, number one would be Final Fantasy VIII. <laughs> There's just no way around. Oh, your list me. is automatically not credible. If it wasn't for Final Fantasy VIII, I wouldn't be into RPGs. That is the progenitor of everything I've ever gotten. You you say that, but and I can make that then that that's my case for Final Fantasy IV. Final Fantasy IV is my favorite Final Fantasy. I know for damn well it's not the best Final Fantasy. Yeah. Yeah. What what is the best Square Enix game of all time, Flynn? Is it for you? Is it Final Fantasy VIII, like legitimately? Hmm. Like even being the biggest eight fan in the world, looking as objectively as your fanboy brain can. Like fourteen <laughs> takes over eight across the board because of whether it's in-game stuff, outside the game stuff. Is that the single greatest game that Square oh, Enix I has ever made? Final Fantasy fourteen. I, I don't know. That's the thing. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, probably. Newest girl says FF10 is the best video game they've ever played. 
So FF10 would be by proxy, by rule of uh, transitive property, the best Square Enix game ever made. Even going outside of Square Enix. That's a bold a statement. Bold. Yeah. Is, I can see 10 is a good game. Yeah. 10 Cal, did a lot. Takao says, I think I might like 10 over 14, and we know how much of a 14 fanboy I am. Final Fantasy 10 getting nods in chat for the best Square Enix game ever. Since I don't have a better answer right now, I'll agree with 10. Uh, I'm stuck. Uh, like, if I have to pick one, I'm kind of stuck. But to tend to an oh honorable mention. Okay, no. Throw your no. list out. Now you're done. Uh, you're done. <laughs> you're done. <laughs> I think oh this girl's just busting her chops with that one. I just, the thing is, Ten Two has an amazing battle system. Yeah. Amazing battle system. Yeah, the best version. Stories goofy as all hell, but uh, the battle system's great. Um, for me personally, it would probably be Final Fantasy Eleven, but there's a lot of nostalgia in there too. So if I have sure. to objectively take that step back like Tark did, right? I can't say six because I objectively know 11 is not the best. Uh, I'm kind of stuck between a Final Fantasy 10, a Final Fantasy 7, or a Chrono Trigger in the number one spot. I Like, my brain fights over those three in the number one spot. I'm not quite sure who to give the nod to. Not quite sure. Whichever one I did, the other two are two and three, and if I can only put one Final Fantasy on the list, I, I think I personally would lean more towards seven, but I wouldn't fight you too much if ten was on yours. Let's slide over and do... ten's the easiest one you could give someone now, and just like, this will give you yeah. an experience. Let's slide over and do it love it or leave it. feel too outdated. Love it or leave it is the way we end every episode of The Relic Grind here. It's where one of our hosts, usually me, gives you something Square Enix related. Uh, could be a game, a feature in a game, uh, something they've done or said, or just tangentially related, and asks you whether you love it, want more of it, or leave it, throw it away, never to be seen again. I did the show notes yesterday, and I said to the, the gents, I said, hey, I want to be surprised. Somebody put a love it or leave it in there. I don't care which of you does it. Tark, you did it. So what's the love it or I leave it today? In there. Well, we had talked about previously in previous shows about uh, the data center traveling. And yeah. And now you can go wherever you want and play with your friends on whatever yeah. data center you want. Yeah, soon you'll um, be able to still, travel the world. Yeah. Uh, region stuff, good times. Um, but then we said that there could be some consequences of like that. Like... Uh, for the U.S., uh, like Gilgamesh and uh, Aether was kind of, you wanted to do hardcore rating, you were going to be on that data center servers. But we thought, well, that could create a problem when you open up data center travel, people might flock to that. And right now, um, and with uh, multiple people also chiming in as well, we find ourselves uh, going to Aether just so we can actually do content. Uh, just the last two weeks, traveled to Aether just to do the un weekly unreals and not to even talk about Savage Reclears or right. Ultimates or, or whatnot. 
Um, looking at the Party Finder boards, uh, if you're not an Aether, they're looking mighty empty. Um, and this is not just US specific. Apparently, this is also uh, an issue in the EU and in Japan. So I'm asking you guys what you guys think, love it or leave it, uh, about the current state of the Party Finder. Do you like where it's going, that it's kind of being centralized, you got to move over, or do you want to see uh, it change and, and evolve in some way? Who do you want to toss it to first? You're, you're the love let's, it or leave it guy today. Flynn. <laughs> Flynn, what do you think? Oh, being the EU boy, it's hard to say because Chaos on Light have always sort of done things the same way from back when we was a single server. Because we have got a different experience to you in America and uh, the JB community where we had one data center for so long that all our habits are centralized. So I think the state of the party fine is just the same as normal. Bit less flexible lately with certain things. Because usually, like with the Savage Reclears, if there's multiple strategies, you'll see the multiple strategies. It's always someone who prefers, say, the P9S, an Oppo strat or the JP strat. There'll be a variance, but seems to be a bit more locked in, a bit like the JP community does. It's like, here's our strat, done and done. Uh, but I think, love it for the most part, because getting to play with more people just helps. Yeah, fair enough, like Dynamis is barren <laughs> like the, tomorrow right now from what i've heard and seen through like the mr happy videos but i think love it for the most part mike i'm an agent of chaos man i love it <laughs> like <laughs> that's that's me you know i think i think it should be anonymous like i think you should be able to see people's names you should be like whatever makes it just the most aggravating thing in the world so i could sit back and watch the i don't really use party finder all that often so i don't care i don't have a horse in this race like i have people i do my raids and stuff with and you know what if you can't make it on tuesday or whatever day we're doing it then that's fine we'll just do it the next day I understand not everybody has that opinion, and so my love it for just watching your misery, Tark, uh, <laughs> might not be welcome in some circles, but yeah, I'm going to give it love it, and that's probably because I don't use it. <laughs> but it's also, uh, just to chime in, like you can't compare the JP community to EU and NA. Because they used to be a party finder for learning. No, I mean, you can't. You can't. It's duty finder for you clears. can't at all. One's in Japan. Yeah. One's in Europe. And one, yeah. oh, you meant for different reasons. Yeah. yeah. Well, what I'm hearing is um, with, with this data center travel and such, um, they are kind of being exclusionary to anybody that speaks English. Like there's like a whole cut off, you can't join us kind of thing going on. But as far as NA yeah, uh, specifically. Tourists. Yeah. And well, it's even, a case even of Australians, you being a duty finder, not party finder like, in JP. Because no. you learn a macro, you don't talk, you just do. I wouldn't talk mm. to us either. Yeah. <laughs> uh, as far as NA... Uh, I barely talk to it, us um, now. <laughs> having to transfer... if Maybe if the transferring data centers was a little bit cleaner, the fact that you have to log out, go back to the character select screen, and then do a whole mumbo-jumbo of transferring your character over... Um, and you also can't use your retainers and yada, yada, all, all sorts of restrictions because you're not on your home world. Right. Um, it, it really does kind of put a bind on the experience when you have to leave your data center so you can actually do the content in a timely manner. Like if you only have two hours, 
Like, I don't want to spend an hour of that in a party finder to try to do my weekly in real. So I'm going to leave it. Um, I think what they need to do is just go to a, if they're allowing you to travel anywhere you want to in the region, make a region party finder. Nah. And that way anybody can access it. So you're going to leave it for now? I'm going to leave it for now. Case lock in chat says kind of just kind of lurking, but wanted to say thanks for the show, guys. Love listening while I'm delivering the mail. Y'all do a great job. Hey, thanks so much. That's very much appreciated. And you know what? Thanks for getting the mail there on time. That's yeah, appreciated. Right. You do a great job. You do a great job. I just got a package today and it was on time. Yeah. You get my accommodation. Yeah. <laughs> Have a player calm. Have a player calm. All three of them. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to do it for us here on the Relic Grind. We'll be back next Thursday, 7 p.m. Eastern, with another episode. Of course, we've got Gaming Gumbo, the general gaming weekly podcast. Like, it hasn't been done in like a month now, but it is weekly and it starts back up this Saturday as normal now that. Saturday was the one that got hit like a bunch because yeah. that that most of the Final Fantasy TCG tournaments I was at was on Saturday. So Gaming Gumbo resumes this Saturday. Uh, and uh, yeah, and then Tark streaming and Torchwick streaming and all kinds of stuff. Until next week, Flynn, where can everybody find you? You can find me in most places at Within Crisis. Uh, we'll get back to normal streams. My brain has just been so scattered lately. I haven't kept up to normal schedule, but we all get back there. Tark. Uh, you can find me Twitch, Twitter, YouTube, all at Tarkov Gaming. Uh, I am in the middle of looking for jobs, so things are going to be a little chaotic as far as uh, my stream schedule and all that fun stuff. But you should be able to find me here on Radio Chat Radio Saturday nights. Uh, I hopefully just have one more stream of Final Fantasy 15. That game is so big, Mike. It's so big. It's so big. <laughs> it's a game I used to play with the kids, right? How big is the baby? So big. Uh, anyway, <laughs> I'm Mike Byrne. You can follow me right there, Magic Man One. But more importantly, follow at RC Radio R A I D O on Twitter X, whatever the hell you want to call it, doesn't matter to me. Uh, and you'll know every time we're going live with a podcast, a stream, Final Fantasy trading card game, whatever. Until next time, gang. Stay safe. We'll see you on the servers. Ridiculous. <laughs>